2: And welcome back to Vancouver Real Estate Podcast. I'm your host, Adam
3: Scalina. And I'm your other host, Matt Scalina. And Matt,
2: I'm so excited for today because we've got Marcy Dean. She is a mortgage broker with mortgage architects.
3: That's right. The president
2: is uh Dustin Woodhouse for Mortgage Architects. No big deal. Past guest fan favorite, Marcy. This is her first time on the show. This is
3: yeah. Marcy Dean's first time.
2: On. Friend, friend of the show, I should say. Marcy is a, is a big broker. She operates kind of throughout the lower mainland, but she is, I believe she's in headquartered. in. <laughs>
3: she has a brick and mortar shop in North Van. In North Vancouver, right.
2: Yeah. And she also has a website called askaboutreversemortgages.ca. And really, that's what we're talking about today.
3: Yeah, I feel like we've talked so much about home equity lines of credit on sure. this show and how they are a tool, not only for investors, but homeowners looking to access Secured lines of credit, which often come at a much lower rate. And over the years, you hear people say, yeah, HELOC or reverse mortgage, as if they're the same thing. And they're and they're not the same thing. Right. And it's great to have Marcion on to not only unpack reverse mortgages and how they can be a tool for people operating in the market. But also just a general conversation about the mortgage market, where we're at, where we're headed, predictions for the year. This is we it runs a gamut.
2: Yeah, we we talk about everything. But, you know, what? I I, I want to touch on the wealth transfer phenomenon or the generational wealth transfer phenomenon, which is connected to this, right? Because really what we we're talking about, reverse mortgages, how you can tap into equity in your home. Right. And what kind of spurred this conversation was we've been talking a lot about the wealth transfer, how much clear title real estate is owned in Metro Vancouver. And this is, you're pulling this. I'm pulling this from our Instagram. This, yeah. And All, these are
3: not our numbers, but the, it well, is here, our Instagram
2: I'll, account. Let me go over it. But really it's, it's it's Rennie that's been tracking the wealth transfer phenomenon in Vancouver real estate for a number of years. Just while I'm talking about Rennie, I should mention we have Ryan Berlin and Andrew Ramlow coming
3: on the program. The Rennie I think economists. In, I think in the next, three weeks or so yeah. they're going to be
2: here. So I can't and they, wait for they've that. They've
3: been on before and it was fantastic. So yeah. So, so watch we'll for that talk one. a
2: little bit more about the wealth transfer then, but this is essentially it. So in 2006, the total value of mortgage-free real estate in Vancouver was estimated to be 123.8 billion. So that's for Metro Vancouver, I should okay. specify. Approximately half of that was owned by homeowners between the ages of 55 to 74. Okay. Okay. So it's a scratch. By 2021, the value of mortgage-free real estate holdings in Metro Vancouver tripled to $373.3 billion. Huge number. Yeah. Now, the amount owned by those uh, between the ages of 55 to 74 increased to more than 55%. So $205 billion owned by basically people over
3: 55 years old. That live in and own property in, in Metro, metro vancouver, 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 which is just incredible,
2: yeah. So when you think about this, you think this is basically the big takeaway is that boomers are real estate rich in metro vancouver and And what that means really is we're on we're watching, and we've been watching now for a number of years the wealth transfer. So this means that they're gifting money to their children before end of life. And the reason for that is is I think there's been a kind of a pivot in how we think of. Willed money or gifted money, and they want to see. You know, they want to they want to help their kids get into the market. They want to buy multi generational homes to accommodate family, grandchildren, that sort of thing. Well, uh, and, we're seeing and it all
3: over. We're seeing it all over, and we're also seeing the push to have to basically push up the the transfer because right. kids just can't get into the market, right? Or young adults, or even millennials. You, you call need them kids. You need. You need that down payment. Yeah. Right. That's uh, that's that's the crucial component. So we're seeing the wealth transfer now. We're going to see a lot more of it. And one of the ways to tap into that real estate wealth that you just described is reverse mortgages. Yeah. So that's why this is uh, such an interesting conversation with Marcy Dean. And it's only one of the reasons why. Yeah. Because there's so many reasons why this is a great conversation.
2: I'm just thinking though, if you have a lot of equity in your home and depending on where you are in your life and what your goals are, this could be one of the more more useful episodes we've put out just because there's so many different things you can do with a reverse mortgage. So stay tuned for that. We also talk about the market, of course, and, and a lot of other things. Marcy has been in
3: the industry for a long time and she's she's got some really great ideas. A hundred percent. So maybe we should cut to our talk with Marcy Dean, mortgage broker at Mortgage Architects.
2: Can't wait for this. Enjoy. This podcast is sponsored by Marcon, a local family-owned and managed real estate development and construction company that's been around for nearly four decades. Marcon is not only committed to high-quality construction, but it also is making
3: a positive impact in the communities in which it builds, all across the Lower Mainland. We want to highlight two incredible Marcon projects. Elmwood, a 38 story tower located at Burquitlam's most important intersection, Como Lake Avenue and Clark Road. This landmark tower will feature 335 condominiums, over 37,000 square feet of office and retail space, and almost 20,000 square feet of amenity space. Elmwood has been incredibly popular with 80% sold currently, but they still have a great selection of junior one bedroom all the way to three bedroom homes remaining. Check out markon.ca/elmwood for more.
2: And Matt, we are also excited about Sohn House, Markon's newest community in West Coquitlam, with 165 homes ranging from junior one beds to three beds. Sohn House offers the perfect West Coast aesthetic with a more nuanced Nordic-inspired design. Register today at markonca House. That's S-O-E-N-H-A-U-S. Or you can learn more at markon.ca or follow them at Instagram at markonhomes
3: on building for life.
2: Okay, so we're here with Marcy Dean from Ask Marcy with Mortgage Architects. How you doing, Marcy?
1: I'm good, thank you.
2: Yeah, thanks. Thanks for coming down to the studio, Marcy. No problem. And we should say Mortgage Architects is, uh, Dustin Woodhouse is involved with Mortgage Architects. Well, he's
3: actually the president, I believe.
1: He is the El president Presidente. and we're part of the DLC group. So biggest mortgage brokerage in Canada is the DLC group of companies. Incredible. Yeah.
2: Well, maybe for some of our listeners, Marcy, can you start by telling us a little bit about yourself?
1: Sure. So I have been in business as I'm in my 16th year as a mortgage broker. I own my own brokerage. I'm based in North Vancouver, Ask Marcy, and married 25 years actually of marriage. And two kids who are borderline not kids anymore, 20 and 22. And yeah, I do all things residential mortgages.
3: And we were talking your kids... Not COVID babies like his kids. No. Uh, but <laughs> COVID, COVID, COVID
1: graduates. COVID graduates. COVID and universities students, ruined yeah.
3: COVID uh, totally. kids. Totally.
1: Thank goodness I had an office to go to because all of a sudden we went from, you know, kids in their teens where no one's ever home, everybody's out and about to suddenly we're all home. Oh my God. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it was interesting. And all home online. You know, I never had to learn so much about how to make Wi Fi work with four people streaming all day long every day it was <laughs> talk about a tech nightmare it, it was yeah you know I yeah. didn't
3: even think my daughter was nine or ten so she was not quite at the mm. age where she hates us yet where she's moving <laughs> towards very quickly <laughs> right but it was actually fairly pleasant but yeah. uh I guess depending yeah. on it the age and the
1: it was hard hormones and, and, and emotions and my husband's out on the road every day and so after Twenty plus years in sales, out of the house, he was locked down too with us, me, and sharing an office, which worked fine when he was out on the road.
3: <laughs> allow, allow me to introduce myself. <laughs> yes,
1: it was <laughs> challenging, but we just celebrated twenty five years of marriage. We stayed married, so yeah,
3: fantastic. Well, well maybe we'll start, Marcy. We're in uh, what the second week of January here, mm-hmm. New Year. How's the market from your from your perspective right now? It's-
1: very interesting. It's very quiet. Uh, I have surprisingly quite a few pre qualification clients. They want to run their numbers. And, you know, Vancouver people still make lots of money, let's be honest. So the numbers still work even with these high interest rates. They qualify, but there's not a lot, as you know, not a lot of product. People are waiting for something, you know what we're all waiting for, but prices might go down some more. I was talking to a realtor on the North Shore the other day. Lack of listings is a big. Concern, uh, I think he said there was something like eighteen townhouses under. It was a low, low number for the whole of North Vancouver. So right. I feel that from our clients. And then the other part, I'm doing a lot of counseling on rates and payments doubling, and what to do, and people coming up for renewal. So remember, 2018 was a pretty busy year, right? So those mortgages are all up for renewal this year, and that's a big part of my day every day counseling.
3: <laughs> and, and and when you say so, just thinking about counseling because we don't. I mean, we're having conversations with with clients all the time, but often it's mortgage brokers mm-hmm. who are are dealing with the full panic calls. Are you getting those um, calls right now, or is it kind of yeah. are people sort of digested the increases and are ready for them, or mm-hmm. or what is what does that look like? No,
1: there's. I would say there's a fair number of people who have been, really don't understand and in on static payments so nothing's happened except that now the letter verbiage has changed from their lender and you're all you're getting close to your trigger point or your or your trigger rate and that's really misunderstood trigger point trigger rate we could probably do a whole episode on trigger point and trigger rate i literally it's unbelievable how confusing that is for people so can
3: we do a five minute
1: <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, I'll, we'll maybe we do that at the end. Yeah, here. sure. We can totally sure. talk I'll make about a note that. But um, so there's that piece. There's renewals going out from lenders that are at quite high rates. And there's ways you can move lenders at renewal. People don't know that. They should always be talking to a mortgage broker, then maybe staying and going back to their lender. So, there's all sorts of conversations going on right now honestly, a lot of the time, not money-making conversations. We might not have a deal here. You got to stay with your current lender potentially, but go back and tell them what your broker said. So
2: I feel like that's everybody in the industry right now. You know, we have conversations in our office about everyone feels like they're still working. It's just, they're just not transacting the same amount, right? Yeah. Like this past year, we've seen some really steep increases to rates. Is, Is this something that surprises you?
1: Yeah. Did we see it coming? No. Did I tell people to go variable throughout 2020 and 2021? Sure. Did I do it myself? You bet. I'm still variable in a couple mortgages and it hurts. Like I'm feeling the pain. It's it's tempting to lock in, but I'm not going to. You know, we listened to TIFF, what was it, July 2021? The famous statement, for a very, very long time, we just didn't all understand what definition of very long time meant, right? Six months. (laughs) Yes. So yeah, it's been surprising and it's I we knew rates were going to stay at one point four five, you know, prime minus one forever. But did we think we were going to get to this place this fast? No. No one thought that. And Mm -hmm. and no end in sight at this moment. Nobody can tell right now when this is gonna I think next week, another rate hike. Mm -hmm. Quarter point probably.
3: I was just looking back at some of our back catalog early February, March, and we had a lot of people on predicting where Mm -hmm. rates were going. And that was actually in March of last year. Mm -hmm. That was when we already knew, okay, rates are going up sure, and they seem to be going up pretty quick. Mm -hmm. But even the end point, it wasn't like they were, oh yeah, it's going to be two and a half, maybe three, you know, five-year fix are probably going to be 4.8, maybe, Mm -hmm. you know, worst case scenario, which of course we And we had
1: never seen a one-point increase in one announcement. We were telling our clients, oh, it's typically a quarter point at a time, right? That was historically what it was. So for sure, nobody saw this coming. And then on top of all that, you've got all this inflation everywhere we look. Everything's so much more money, right? So, yeah. All of a sudden everybody's a junior economist. It's really interesting. I'm not the only geek in the room now cuz yeah. I have always been fascinated by all of it. But now everywhere I was out on the weekend with friends and it's amazing. People are talking about you know CPI and economy and I'm like, "Wow, okay. And where are interest rates going? And what do you think?" Okay, weirdos. In no, case, I wonder <laughs> right?
3: what it it's, uh, uh, it's almost <laughs> like they say when the cab drivers giving you stock tips that's a sign that you know, mm. you should get out of the market for a while. Oh, right. And now the cab driver's like, did you mm-hmm. see the CPI reading? Like, it's like everybody's talking about the same and thing. Waiting, which,
1: and people know when the next announcement is. That's right. what's weird. Yeah. Right? Today was CPI. Good news story, maybe. I don't know.
3: Yeah. Or at least not a bad news <laughs> not story. Not a bad
1: news story, yeah. So,
3: so it sounds like, I'm kind of curious to hear, you're in variable yourself. Mm-hmm. I know a lot of a lot of our clients, me included, went variable. Mm-hmm last year because yep. um, it made a lot of sense at that point yep. with all the information we knew. What are you telling people now? What's the strategic, the the kind of smart play if you're either renewing or or looking to purchase?
1: Yeah. So in the last three months, in some cases, it's mental health that's come into play here. It's like if you are calling me every week and booking sessions to talk rates, maybe we need to talk about a strategy to fix you in. And for some people who are a couple years in on a variable, they can maybe fix in for three years now. And that might be a good move. Not necessarily economically, because if you're fixing in in the mid fives, maybe by the tail end of that three years, you would have been better off riding this out. But from a mental health point of view, you're going to sleep at night. Your losses, right? Mm-hmm. You shouldn't spend so much time thinking about the Bank of Canada. But people, new mortgages, I'm doing three-year Fixed in a lot of cases, high ratio. So, where they have less than 20% down, some of those five year fixed rates make sense, especially for first time home buyers who are tight on a tight budget and set it and forget it. Are you going to regret that in year four and five? And then, in terms of people up for renewal, well, that's a whole other conversation because if they're coming out of 2018 five year fixed rates, for example, they started it in the high twos. They're getting offers at five point something. So in those cases, it might be a refinance, re pulling it back out. I'm working on that right now for someone pull it back out to 30 years, sleep at night. And we did an analysis yesterday. If she took the difference and just set it aside every month in her TFSA and did a lump sum every year, she'd be at the same place in five years. But she wouldn't be required to make that bigger payment right now. Right.
3: So it's all kind of strategic carrying costs to get through yeah. this period.
1: Yeah, exactly.
2: Historically, Marcy, we've seen when when we see this this huge run up in rates, it's often followed by a stabilizing period, Mm -hmm. and then rates come back down. Do you think Do you think that's what we're in for? I do. You do,
1: and that's why my variable rates stay as they are. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I do. I think probably by the end of this year, we'll see a rate cut in twenty twenty three. But I don't think we're not going to come down the way we've gone up here. We're not going to go back to prime of 2.45 anytime soon unless there's some big catastrophe again let's Mm -hmm. hope not um but i yeah i think and then we'll there's a lot of pent-up demand we're probably going to have an amazing 2024 right in terms Mm -hmm. of the market right but i think this year's we're in for it it's going to be a bit tougher for sure
3: and so you you're saying marcy it's interesting because you're not the only one i've heard say this that you know there's and i think people that are realtors as well. Mm-hmm. There's people that are looking to buy. Mm-hmm. It's just like the inventory is terrible for the most part. And, uh, you know, I was talking to a guy yesterday who was like, it's it's still shocking. You know, it's so underwhelming what you mm-hmm. can get for a exactly. fairly high price tag. And even the good inventory just doesn't seem to show up. Exactly. But it sounds like, and I think we're we're the same, where we have people that are kind of waiting for good inventory mm-hmm. they're ready to go they've talked to a mortgage broker they're they're ready to buy it's just there's nothing really good to buy as it sounds like you have people yep. uh, that you're working with in that in that situation which demographic right now of buyer is being hardest hit and has disappeared from the market
1: i think the mover uppers so that middle piece who are maybe in a townhouse thinking they were going to get into a house or they're in a house and they were going to move up to a bigger house it's terrifying you can't sell because then what if you can't find something to go and buy also when i run the numbers i just did the numbers for a mover upper so he's in a one bedroom wants to go to a two well he barely can qualify for what he has right now already so we can refinance and pull him back out to 30 years actually he had a cosigner on his mortgage but when i show him the reality based on these new high rates of what he can get to move up. It's with his co-signer staying on there. He's like, seriously, this doesn't make any sense. Right. I can't move up to anything better. And I'm right, right. So the first time buyers, where there's dual income, they're okay still, you know, single income is tricky. You know, you need $120,000 for a $400,000 mortgage in Vancouver right now. <laughs> so, and you know, depending on where your down payment's coming from, hopefully there's some help from some relatives or something. Yeah, hopefully because that makes up
3: half the purchase price right, at least.
1: <laughs> right. So I actually did a chart on the weekend for one of my realtor buddies of household income required. And it's, I can send it to you guys. It's pretty shocking how much money you need to be making right now for mortgages that were flying off the shelf in 2021.
2: So are you still seeing a lot of millennial and Gen Z? Because I, I feel like least two years ago if we were having this conversation that was a huge cohort kind of coming into the market right?
1: to a certain degree they're discouraged if there's family gifted funds coming their way then yes there's a lot of fear and anxiety out there about all of this though right so and you don't want to be the person that bought at the top and there's people in my world who did that last year and they're you know worried about that now and then they talk to their friends and As we talked about, like, it's just the topic of conversation, right? And always in that topic, there's someone who has that 2% fixed rate. And what do you mean you went variable? And so it's really, people are worried about doing the wrong thing in Vancouver right now, too.
3: Right. It's interesting because we've been talking a lot about the low inventory. And I mean, it seems like a fairly obvious point. But what you just talked about, about people moving through the market, like, we still see people moving through the market. But it's a scary time to Mm -hmm. sell. I feel like there's two types of people that we're talking to, right? Like there's a bedrock confidence where people are like, I just don't sell in bad markets. I don't have to sell. Mm -hmm. Why would I sell right now? I'm not going to. And then there's presumably the person you're speaking about. Who's like, first of all, it's a painful, it's a painful new payment Mm -hmm. and the numbers don't really make sense. But also, you're not sure what you're going to get for your property. It right. might take a while. You're going to have to keep it clean for potentially, you know, it's not five days anymore. No. It's more like six weeks, right. maybe three months, who knows? And the result might be less than you were expecting. And then does it even make sense? I feel like yeah. there's a lot of reasons why you can put up with a one bed and den instead yeah. of a two bed or or, yes, or a three bed exactly. for for, yeah. a, for
2: at least a year. And on top of that, there's nothing to buy. So right. it's that's the biggest yeah, even, right? if and, make, and, even if you make even if you make out like a bandit on the sell, you're you're waiting on inventory on the buy right? right So you don't want to sell first so the timing seems really tricky right now like we have a lot of people that it, it's it's like they feel like they're in purgatory because they want to maybe move to the island or they want to move to the okanagan or yeah. or, or stay in vancouver but there's just not that perfect home and
1: that's the downsize crowd too so and that's where We'll eventually talk about reverse mortgages sure. here, but that's where those people, I just am setting up something for clients in the interior, they're trying to downsize into a very specific type of property. So what we have to do is set them up with a mortgage plus HELOC while they're still working, not retired yet with lower income. And they may carry a bit of a mortgage for a while to get that 80% loan to value because on a home equity line of credit, you can only go to 65 So it's a whole complicated strategic plan so that they can just go buy and then sell because they have no idea how long it will take to sell and they have no idea when this very specific property is going to come up that they need to buy. Whereas, you know, before you could buy, you knew you could sell your place within 30 days after that. Right. It was fine. Buy with a long closing. All will be good.
3: So it's like the double whammy of kind of global uncertainty, market uncertainty, Mm -hmm. and then and, but the market uncertainty translating down to like, okay, this is a very uncertain moment for me specifically, yeah. not only what's going to happen in the Ukraine, right? Uh, but more like, how does this look on the ground for yeah. me over the next three months? Totally. And, and it could be really stressful and really painful.
1: Exactly. And in fact, I think a lot about a conversation I had in the fall with clients coming, going from Vancouver Island to the interior. And they were... Literally just calling me, you know, we'll just do a bridge or something. We're just going to buy this place in Naramata. (laughs) And they hadn't even had no offers on their place on the island. Thank goodness. Because I started explaining the carrying costs, private financing, how this could all play out. Wow. They they didn't do it. And now I'm looking back hindsight. Thank goodness. Because they would have lost a huge chunk of their equity.
2: Just I think moving maybe to reverse mortgages a bit mm-hmm. and, and and first of all, I, I feel like we talk about HELOCs, home equity lines mm-hmm. of credit on this program a lot. Right. Um and have over the years. And I think often people kind of lump reverse mortgages and and HELOCs together. There are some pretty significant, pretty significant
1: differences though, differences, yeah. right?
2: Can you kind of talk a little bit about yeah. how, how they're different?
1: Sure. So a HELOC home equity line of credit is a Traditional mortgage in the sense that you have to make a monthly payment. So it's interest only, but there is a payment required. Can you draw from your available credit and keep making that payment? Sure, up to a certain limit, right? Um, you have to income qualify for a HELOC. So it's stress tested. So everybody talks about stress test. Currently, prime is 6.45. A HELOC would be at 6.95. That means you're stress testing at 8.95 today on a HELOC, meaning the outstanding or the credit limit amount over 25 years at 8.95 has to stay below 49% or 39% of your household income debt servicing. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You got to be making big bucks, right? <laughs> So when do you get a HELOC? You get a HELOC when you're... Last year. (laughs) When you're dual income, (laughs) lots of money. That's right. 2021
3: was probably the time to do it. (laughs) Exactly.
1: You cannot get a HELOC when your property is already listed for sale. I can't tell you the times I've had those calls over the years that somebody's thought, oh, we'll just get a HELOC. No, no, no. Your property's on MLS. It's not in a bank's interest to give you... And do this whole underwriting for a mortgage that you're going to pay out in 60 days when you sell that property. So always set up your HELOC before you make any moves or think about making any moves. Reverse mortgage, completely different. A reverse mortgage, there's only two true reverse mortgage providers in Canada, Home Equity Bank and Equitable Bank. I partner with both of them. A reverse mortgage is a mortgage for number one borrowers over 55 years of age, And number two, it is a mortgage that you're never making a payment on. So the payments are just accumulating. And you get the mortgage amount based on the value of your house and your age. So more money, the older you are. So the 55-year-old is not getting a lot of money out of their reverse mortgage. So it's a product designed for, frankly, the older clientele. So people in their Prime number would be like in their early 70s or 60s who are sitting on a free and clear home and want to use that home equity, which is part of their net worth, part of their wealth, to fund their lifestyle in whatever way they choose. So a reverse mortgage can be used to fund a second home. It can be used to help your children. It could be used to these days. I'm having a lot more conversations with people who it's expensive right? inflation's through the roof. I heard this morning that. Grocery store thievery, thefts have gone up 45%, like shoplifting in grocery stores. That's just a sign of what's happening. You know, right. produce apparently is up 15%. Lettuces.
3: Right? Bag of grapes, charts. $13. dollars have been eating a lot of grapes. <laughs> yeah. <those. laughs>
1: my husband will not buy grapes. Yeah, no. no way. It just fundamentally does not work for him. So, you know, when people retire, they have a plan. They In Canada, we're We're programmed, pay off your mortgage and then you retire mortgage-free and you live on your various pensions and maybe some investments. Well, that's great, except property taxes have gone up, gas has gone up, groceries have gone up. So now the plan, there's more expenses left at the end of the month for a lot of seniors than there is money in the cash flow bank account. So a reverse mortgage can just be a way that they're pulling out a little bit of money every month from their home equity just to fund life. And we see a lot of that now. Or they retired with a small mortgage balance or a small HELOC balance. That's a big one. And all all of that's just getting to be too much. So we do a reverse mortgage and it can be a lump sum to clean up some debts, do some home repairs, and then provide $1,000 a month or $2,000 a month. That is tax-free. It's not going to affect your government subsidies, your pensions, because it's just your home equity. Mm -hmm. And the way these products work is you're never underwater. The bank's never going to give you more money than your house will ultimately be worth at the end of the day. And in fact, the modeling is such that your estate is going to end up with quite a lot of equity. So it used to be a product, frankly, when I started in the business 15 years ago, I'm like, oh, that's a terrible idea. And then I learned more and more about it and became certified and watched and saw the stories. and Helped people. And I'm like, this product's amazing.
3: So a uh, HELOC, often you can go right to, you know, where you have up to 80%, right?
1: Uh, a 65% of the value. So 15% of that would have to be in a mortgage.
3: Okay. And, and, but it's less in a reverse mortgage, right?
1: Absolutely. Okay. Absolutely. So,
3: so there's a big buffer there there's a for huge market buffer. fluctuation.
1: Exactly. So, and Men get more, or sorry, women get more oh, m- money than that, men because men don't live as long. Right. A big, big contingent for this is uh, widowed women who are living in their house, husband has passed, they've outlived their spouse. And the idea to go into a condo or a townhouse and not have control of their yard and have all their neighbors and their community You know, I've done a few on the North Shore as an example, because not a lot of townhouses and the move down to a townhouse or a condo might be lateral for something that's equally as nice as their house. So maybe we take out some money out of their house to pay for the gardener and some maintenance and whatever until they're ready to sell and they can then stay in their neighborhood. Because that's another issue is depending on where their house is, it might not be their community where they could afford to go live and take the equity out. Mm
2: And what, like, so we think about getting a HELOC, you're often looking at prime plus half a percent or a quarter percent. Yeah. Is that is that comparable when it comes to reverse mortgages?
1: Right now, a five-year reverse mortgage is in around 7%. Prime is, no. I mean, it's going to be higher. There's an opportunity cost to the fact that you're never making a payment. Mm-hmm. Right. Right. But when you run the math, even these days I've been much more conservative. We We used to run the math always with a 4% appreciation rate. Well, people are feeling kind of, Cranky and negative about everything right now. So I run it with a 1% or a 2% house appreciation rate. And we still can show them after 20 years that there's a lot of equity left there, even at 7% on a reverse mortgage, taking, you know, I, I'm working right now with a financial planner. And I should say this product is something where I work with financial planner often, the accountant and the adult children in most cases. It's a it's a big conversation mm-hmm. because, and Honestly, when adult children learn about this and they understand that they can just use a bit of mom's equity to keep mom in her house and keep her happy, there's never any question about it. They're all for it. And, and in a lot of cases, they don't understand the financial position that their parents were in. The debt, stuff that was left behind, they still didn't understand mom and dad still had a mortgage or whatever, right? So, Because oh. you can do a reverse mortgage to pay out a traditional mortgage as long as there's enough equity there.
3: So, you have to be this one of the requirements. If I understand, you have to be 55 years old to for a reverse mortgage. Yeah.
1: But in reality, you need to be like, no one's doing it. At 55. No one's doing it at 55. I mean, I'm what am I going to 52? Darn it. If I couldn't get a reverse mortgage in a few years, no, I'm still doing life. Like, I still have kids <laughs> yeah, yeah. living in my house and all that stuff. But, you know, I've got one right now that I'm working with a financial planner lady in her late 60s. She doesn't want to sell her place, and it wouldn't make sense. But she's also worried that she doesn't have enough money every month right now. She's just running out of money. So, But we did a 20-year analysis. So she'll then be in her early 90s. Her dad's in his mid-90s still alive. So that's a big concern for her that is there going to be any house left, any equity left to then move me into a home or a retirement community? And yeah, there still is. And in that example, I'm using a 1% appreciation rate. And I'm working with her financial planner who can then explain the numbers as well as myself, so that it's, there's two of us working with her to explain it all.
2: Just to kind of go over the requirements then. So you have to be 55 Mm -hmm. or older. It has to be your principal residence. Correct. And presumably you have to have equity in your home.
1: Yeah. Although we have done them for people to pay out an existing mortgage. So you have, you can't, you do, you can have a mortgage on there. It just can't be an 80% loan-to-value mortgage because that's not going right. to work, right? So the older you are, the more money you'll get from a reverse mortgage if there's a small little mortgage left. And in fact, there's a lot of stories about people that have a small mortgage going into retirement and they have a whole bunch of other debt. And we use the reverse mortgage to eliminate all of that to improve their cash flow. So now their pension and their other income works.
3: Interesting. And so the I'm just curious, and this is going... Into the nuts and bolts here, but you you mentioned a five year reverse mortgage.
1: Mm-hmm.
3: So, are these fixed rates? Do they work? Yeah, like, there is so, a
1: variable option, which makes no sense right now. So no, yeah. Thank you, Bank of Canada, because it's like prime plus two and a half or something.
3: Okay, so so, no so generally people will lock in for five years, and at the end of five years,
1: it's a reset of the rate. So the the rate will reset. So just like a traditional mortgage, but it's not it's not a renewal that you're going to chop around. I mean, you're you're going to stay with that bank. It traditionally, people are staying in them for five years. If you're doing this for someone in their 70s or 80s, often after the five-year term, there's a new plan. Or there might be a reset for three years, and then it's a downsized plan or going into care. Or sadly, sometimes it's, you know, you're dealing with the estate. And when that happens and um, mom or dad passes or whoever, there is a period there where the house then needs to be sold in the bank is paid out but it's not like you have 30 days get on with it they say it's 180 days and i have one right now it's one of the islands and it's not a good time to sell on that island right it's a gulf island so that they'll be selling that probably a year after mom passed Hmm. and the bank's working with them on that and totally understands that
2: hey everyone pardon the interruption we just want to take a quick minute to thank the following sponsors who make this show possible
3: We want to take a minute to tell you about Holy House, a nonprofit organization that provides community building programs and tenant support services to low-income seniors, veterans, families, and vulnerable residents in the downtown east side and across the lower mainland. Melissa from our team has been volunteering at Holy House. Melissa, what's been your experience?
0: Honestly, it's been so fulfilling just to spend a few hours a week in the community and watch how the staff really transforms these vulnerable communities from the inside out starting with just small things, right? Playing games, drinking coffee, having some simple conversations that you wouldn't necessarily think are super fulfilling. And you come out just feeling like you've really made an impact and connected with the community.
3: And you've been to multiple buildings, but you're playing games, drinking coffee.
0: Yeah, you know, serving food sometimes.
3: And you made some friends along the way. And I've
0: made some friends along the way. It's really helped me be more present, actually in those moments of just, you know, realizing how simple life can be to make an impact, right?
3: Fantastic. And if you want to learn more, you can definitely check out Jenny Konkin, co-founder of Holy House, who is a past guest fan favorite on the show, or head over to holyhouse.ca where you can donate or volunteer. And they're looking for both donations and they definitely like volunteers. That's holyhouse.ca.
0: Vancouver needs your help. Be part of the solution.
3: We are also sponsored by Oakland Realty. This is our real estate brokerage, best brokerage in the city, hands down. If you are in the industry, a new agent, an aspiring agent, somebody just looking to make a change, new culture, new energy, new resources, head over to oakland.com slash join, type in VRP 2020. That's Oakwind.com slash join, type in VRP 2020. Not only do you get to meet Michael Morgan and the gang, the bigwigs over at Oakland, you get a huge incentive for first going to oakland.com slash join, typing in VRP 2020. Right. You know, and this makes me think of these stories you hear about you know, the scams that some elderly Mm -hmm. person signed away their house and somehow they're moved out. And obviously that is not this, but in terms of risks. Yeah.
1: Thank you. Such a good point. So yeah, there's risks and we do a lot of charts and we can model it out with 1% appreciation of the house, 2%, 4%, show them what their net equity at the end is. The other requirement on all reverse mortgages is something called ILA, Independent Legal Advice. So when you go sign a mortgage, you have a lawyer or notary that registers with BC land titles. In the case of a reverse mortgage, there's a separate lawyer involved that sits down with the borrower and goes through ILA, independent legal advice about what you're doing here, that your payments are chunking up on top, right? It's growing. Your mortgage is growing and not going down. It's it's the reverse of what we think about for mortgages. You're never in a negative equity position with reverse mortgages in Canada. And there's some bad press out there. It's all on the south of the border side in the states in the 80s, 70s, 80s. There was a product there. The bank would own your house. You'd owe more than your house was worth. Your estate would be on the hook. None of that's happened.
3: Right. So regulation steps in.
1: Yeah. So these are Schedule One banks, Equitable Bank, Home Equity Bank. They are... Regulated, and they're in conversations with the regulators constantly on the product. And with the change in the market and interest rates, we're getting less now. That's how this works, right? So,
3: I, I'm just wondering in terms of like what you see. So it sounds like a lot of this is literally just to tap your equity for cash flow, like to just yep survive. That feed that's yourself. That's a
1: big <laughs> big chunk. There's also super cool creative ways of working on this, right? So, yeah, I'm kind of curious to hear about <laughs> um, those. So, someone in the west side of Vancouver has a clear title $3 million home. We do a reverse mortgage. It's a couple, let's just say, in their 70s. We do a reverse mortgage and pull out $800,000 and buy them a condo, clear title. So, the mortgage is on their clear title home. They now own an $800,000 condo that's going to cash flow $2,000 a month because it's got no mortgage on it. They're going to cover the strata and taxes. As time goes on, they're now not pulling from their investments that might be sitting with their financial advisor, especially right now. Investments are down. So this is a fun strategy that financial advisors love right now because it leaves their.
3: of uh, calls that they have to make. Yeah, <laughs> No, it leaves
1: that um, nest hole that's right. with the planner and their cash flow is now coming from a rental in downtown Vancouver or wherever on Vancouver Island. Maybe that's where they want to end up eventually. Maybe they're buying this condo in Victoria and property manager, but they're still going to net cash flow. And at the end of the day, their house over here on the west side of Vancouver is going up, their condo is going up in value. Yes, the mortgage is also going up, but everything at the end, so is their nest egg with the financial planner going up. So it's just a way to leverage in retirement this huge asset. A lot of people don't use their house as an asset to leverage. So I like that one. A lot, actually, and and
3: just to be clear, (laughs) you don't have to qualify because we worked with obviously a ton of retired people who have huge net worth, and they're like, "I can't. This is crazy. I can't get a small mortgage." Yeah,
1: so there is an income test. You know, we have we we go through the process, and and the lender wants to see just their CPP OAS statements. There's some income because there's property taxes and maintenance that has to be maintained on the house. There's always an appraisal required, full appraisal, detailed appraisal of the subject property home. Um, we've had people use this to buy a house in, in another country. So Palm Springs, you buy your little condo down there or a second home up in Whistler. We had one that I wasn't my clients, but a colleague that used a West Vancouver home to buy a house in Whistler for all the family to use. That was what they wanted to do in their retirement years is take the equity and then that Whistler house will be the inheritance to the kids plus whatever's left net after the reverse mortgage of the West Vancouver right. house.
2: So so maybe just to recap, Marcy, then so can you give an example of what like you're seeing kind of people do over and over again?
1: Yeah. So also I, I should say the probably the biggest one we're seeing in Vancouver is reverse mortgage to gift Early inheritance to children. That that's okay. what I was that's gonna ask.
3: Probably the biggest one. Yeah, especially in this
1: until all this crazy inflation. And now it's like they also need money to go buy their grapes and their groceries. <laughs> but yeah, that's a huge move that where mom and dad are not ready to sell, or or whichever parent is often it's one parent's remaining, right? So mom's living in this house, it's a two million dollar home, not ready to downsize, and there's all this equity there. Let's say it's clear title, two million dollars. So she'll put a reverse mortgage for $500,000, give each child two hundred and fifty, dollars and that's just their inheritance given to them early. So the interest is going to tack on to that when she passes or goes into care or downsizes. The house is sold, the reverse mortgage, plus all the accrued interest is paid, and the rest goes to her estate.
3: So it actually, you know, I was thinking of this as helping adult children basically get a leg up in mm-hmm. potentially the real estate market or, or whatever, or yep. use this equity in a way where you don't have to wait till you're 65 or totally. whatever to, to get an inheritance and be like, okay, now.
1: And somebody know. doesn't have to pay the carrying costs because there are parents too that are oh. gifting their children <laughs> via a HELOC, but someone's got to pay the interest on that. Right. Whereas if you're sitting on a clear title home and you do it in a reverse mortgage, there's no carrying cost. It's just going to come out of, in the wash out of the estate at the end. Right. And, um, you know, we were talking at the start about interest rates and qualifying and how much income is needed. So if you're only making $120,000 a year and you can get a mortgage for four hundred, dollars but you don't have enough saved that you can get anything in the market that's reasonable, if mom or dad out of their reverse mortgage can gift you $400,000, now you're looking at an $800,000 starter condo. Mm-hmm. And you've got a lot of equity going in. So when we're doing it with the bank for the buyer, so the kid, it's a gifted down payment from mom and dad. Happens all the time. Guess what? Majority of my clients, gifted down payment. It's a thing. It's a big thing in Vancouver, right?
3: And it has to be, it's, right? It's the and wealth it, transfer. And it
1: has to be. And the reverse mortgage is a way, if they don't have a huge nest egg of other cash investments, or they don't want to cash those out right now because the market's down, they can use their wealth that they've built up in their primary residence
3: to do that. So there's three basic things here then. One is just straight up taking equity from your home to survive, mm-hmm. buy the grapes, yep. keep yourself in lettuce or whatever. Yep. There's the second one in which people are buying property and using the cash flow, either becoming a landlord at 70 mm-hmm. if you mm-hmm. got the wherewithal to do it, or buying, say, that Whistler home sure. where it's like, okay, you're kind of leveraging... Yep leveraging your, your home, right. presumably to build more wealth yeah. over time. And then this last method of basically this wealth transfer where boomers, you yeah. know, we're taught, everyone has talked for years about this giant wealth transfer that's going to happen. And you're just, you're not waiting till, yeah. you know, presumably the next generation's too old to really yeah. uh, use it in a significant way. That's going to change potentially the trajectory of their lives. Yeah.
1: and And honestly, that Parents being able to help their kids now and see it and see the house and help their kids buy in their same neighborhood. So I see this a lot in North Van where the young kids that are now married and they have young grandchildren, but they they could only buy out in Fraser Valley somewhere. But if mom can help them, now her grandkids are in North Van right there. That's huge, right? right? So that's a big one is keeping all of things in the family and just having everything stay closer. And at the same time, sometimes in those cases with the gift, we're also doing a monthly draw for mom in the house. So you do the big reverse mortgage. You can, there's a combo product. So you can do a chunk at the start and then a monthly draw of tax-free cash.
3: And I don't know if this would happen, but what happens if you know, you're in a five-year product at 7% and for what it, something happens, and you you live for another twenty years, but you don't need to continue on. Is that just product ends? You pay interest on that,
1: correct? Until you would, the house sells yeah, twenty you years would from just now. Stop. And a lot of times, what happens is they maybe downsize eventually, because then it's just even with help, it's just too much to have a single family home. Right. So, at that point that they downsize, they might just completely pay out home equity bank or equity bank, and buy a clear title, little condo somewhere, or even outside of Vancouver, they don't need a mortgage anymore. It's done. Mm-hmm. Um, there are penalties in the first three years if you pay a reverse. It shouldn't be a plan that you're just going to do for a couple of years, honestly. There is a product uh, with Home Equity Bank that's an open product that's like a downsize bridge. I hate that word because bridge financing is so misunderstood, but if you are truly downsizing from three million to a one million dollar condo. And you just want to go buy that condo and you know you're going to sell that $3 million house within a year, there's a product for that too. It's an open, it's similar to a private financing, but it's a schedule one bank versus going to a private lender. And it's um, for a lot of people in this demographic, it's more comfortable.
3: Well, maybe shifting gears, Marcy, a little bit here, and there's a, a lot to think about there. Two things okay. I just wanted to touch on before we get you to forecast out, which oh, we get shoot. everybody okay, to good. do. OSFI just announced, mm-hmm. and I don't know if all the details are out yet, no. but basically that as government agencies or mm-hmm. governments seem to do pile on in bad yeah. times, they're going to potentially increase the the requirements, the
1: stress test, the, stress yeah. test,
3: the requirements yeah. to get a mortgage. From what you've seen, what's your take on that? Is this is this good po- uh, good policy?
1: I mean, it's a bit like all the government stuff. You fix the problem after it's you know we have this three day rescission period in Vancouver right now for a problem that no longer exists, right? Right, right? We'll see if what they actually do it will have an impact in Vancouver in particular for people with multiple mortgages potentially. So if if they do this, where your income your mortgage can only be so many times your household income, right? we get around that for people that own lots of properties by fancy rental spreadsheets and offsets that will potentially impact that. We'll see what they do.
3: So it's the, but the main it's going to impact as far as just looking with mm-hmm. the little information we have, you're thinking it's, it's real estate investors that
1: I, I think that get hit. so we'll see what they actually come out and do. There was a period when borrowers were taking variable because they could qualify for it, but they couldn't qualify for the fixed plus 2%. And that really bothers off right now that that happened. So they're looking at, I think one of the things they're doing right now is all these unintended consequences, a, a deep dive into that. All of our associations, Mortgage Professionals Canada and Canadian Mortgage Broker Association of BC, they're talking with these regulators as are very smart economists. So, I don't know, that announcement last week, there were a couple of brokers in my office on our team chat that were kind of going off the deep end. And I'm like, so let's just see what yeah. they do. It's an announcement of an announcement at the end of the year.
3: Right. I feel like in every, every time this happens, it's always the same. There's yeah. some panic and then it's like mm-hmm. calm down and then it kind of. I'm like choosing not to
1: wash, worry. Right? It's too soon to worry.
3: Last, and this will maybe go into the, the forecasting, but uh, early on, you mentioned trigger point, trigger mm-hmm. rate, the difference, what you're seeing, is there blood in the street? Will there be yeah. blood in the street? What's your take?
1: So trigger rate is that point where you're just paying all interest and no principal anymore to your lender. And a lot, if not maybe all, are there now, even people who started last summer, they're there now because we've just gone boom, boom, boom. And what does that mean? It means that you're just never paying any equity. I'm actually at that point on one of my mortgages on a rental property. I don't care. I mean, <laughs> as, I have I have you're... three years left. <laughs> yeah. um, you know, it's a rental. I'm writing off the interest anyway. It's a little bit more of a tax deduction. I'm not worried about it because that mortgage comes up for maturity in 2025. Now, I have a lot of equity in that property too. So I'm not going to get to my trigger point. The trigger point is where your amount owed plus all this accumulated interest, there's quite a few little variations and depends on the lender. But for example, with TD Bank, if you get to 80% of their value of that property on a conventional in terms of your mortgage balance plus all the accumulated interest, now you've hit your trigger point, 80%. So if you went into it with 25% down and for the Big chunk of it, you were paying principal and interest, and now you're just paying interest. You're probably not going to ever hit that trigger point, or you're not going to necessarily get there. You probably so your payments are going to stay the same. Yeah, you're still going to stay the same, and you're just owing the bank more and more money. I tell my clients, you know, stay ahead of it if you can. Um, Even for myself, that particular mortgage, I've increased it a couple times, just a little, just because it's. weird and bugs me that I see this amortization period of 89 years when I look at it online. It's like, well, that's depressing. But if you've got lots of equity, you don't need to worry about this. Now, where people put 10% down or 5% down and they've not increased voluntarily and there's not a lot of equity there and if they get to more than 95% of the value, there's your trigger point problem and conversation. In Vancouver, that's not a lot of people, right? In Vancouver, we do reverse merges and our parents help us and we have great big down payments. Right. Um, but yeah, there could be a conversation there where people are going to need some help later from mom and dad because they're a little bit you know, too close to that 80% or 95%. Now, if the Bank of Canada stops next week and we sit here for a year and everybody just kind of and then by the end of this year early next year rates start getting cut well now we start going in the opposite direction and now you're more of your payment is or less of your payment is interest more potentially getting back to a little bit of principal, and it'll all balance out so people that took out a mortgage in 2020 and they're now two and a half years in ish it might work out all okay by the end mm-hmm. But this, these are a lot of the conversations I'm having. And um, it may mean that been going hard for 10 years. You thought you were a 20-year amortization and now we're going to have to stretch you out to 30 to make the bank happy. Right. Or move lenders at renewal.
3: So if I understand the trigger point, are you seeing people, like how often are you seeing the trigger point actually? And, and just to be I clear, there's certain people in variable product where every time the rate goes up, it's guy on my street every yeah. time I see him.
1: <laughs> I have uh, one of those, too. Yeah, that's I mean, he's like, yeah, I just uh, went yeah. up another
3: 300 bucks. I'm yeah, like,
1: that's my, okay, no more Amazon purchases. Everybody, Amazon is frozen because, e- yeah, one of ours is, so there's two types, right? Yeah. So some lenders, they send you this nasty letter all the time and... Your payment's going up, your payment's going up, your payment's going up. But is that a nasty letter? No, you're just keeping up with the time. Right.
3: You're just keeping your amortization period as it was intended to be. Right.
1: Versus the static payment, which is kind of like your head's in the sand here. Those are the people that are going to be having a harder time at renewal too.
3: Right. So if, and just to be a hundred percent clear here, so the static payment, if you bought a property, say in 20, what, 2021. Yep and you went variable, and you have one of those static payments, and you haven't been triggered, it's actually when it becomes, say, and it's an investment property, so mm-hmm. at 80% is when it's like, okay, now you're being triggered.
1: That's you're, the trigger well, point? If your accumulated interest plus the balance owing has hit, say, 80% of the value, and that's not happening for most people. Right. Because for the first bit, you were paying principal and interest. right? And the letters are very vague. I've read the letters from a few of these lenders. They, the letter drives the client to call the lender. And guess what that conversation looks like? Oh, this is really bad and you should potentially lock in your mortgage. No one knows what's going to happen. And guess what? Banks make a lot of money when people lock into a five-year fixed, especially right now. Mm-hmm. So don't call your lender, call your broker. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's, my, mm-hmm. that's my lesson, right? Because you call your lender, that, I, and I've done it just to see. And it's a fun conversation because they're they're telling you to lock in. They're telling you that you're, who knows what the bank account is going to do next and the most secure thing to do. And then the unintended consequence of that is you try to sell that property in two years into a five-year fixed and you're going to face a huge IRD penalty. Mm-hmm. So there's a lot more that has to go around a locking in conversation.
2: Marcy, maybe as a final question, you've been very active in our market a number yeah. of years. You've seen a lot of different markets. Mm-hmm. What do you think happens in the Vancouver real estate market over the next one, three, five years?
1: I think this year is going to be very slow. I think we're then going to be similar to what happened after 2008, 2009, and 2016. It's just, it'll all be bouncing back. People are still coming here in droves. People still make lots of money here. There's lots of good ways to make money in Vancouver. Big business here. And it's a very desirable place to live. I am not worried about it. I think this year we have to care back for sure because stuff's expensive and it's very uncertain right now. Until we start having a sign that we're going to turn the corner on this, it's caution right now, but in the five-year picture, we're probably having a huge shortage by then because a lot of developers have stopped or slowed Mm -hmm. down. (laughs) You know, I've landed at YVR here in the last six months and saw that area where people are coming to Canada. It's like packed right? Mm -hmm. People are Mm -hmm. coming to Vancouver. And when they're coming to Canada, they're not going necessarily to Winnipeg or Edmonton. They're coming to Vancouver.
2: Is smart money buying now? If you can get a mortgage, sure.
1: (laughs) 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 Yeah, I think so. I mean, people talk about, what if we're not at the bottom? Yeah, but if we're almost at the bottom and then it goes a little bit lower, but then if if you've got a 10-year plan and you if you've got cash right now and you can get a mortgage for the rest or whatever, it's a good year to buy for Mm -hmm. sure. Just like I think, was 2009 was a pretty decent time to buy, right? So.
2: Well, Marcy, we have this segment called the Five Wire, five lighthearted questions that we end every show with. Can you stick around for that? Sure. The Five Wire is brought to you by Scalina Real Estate. Hey, that sounds familiar. Scalina Real Estate is a full service real estate company serving Vancouver, offering comprehensive, tried and tested
3: buyer and seller systems. With over a decade in the top 10% of realtors in the lower mainland and a perfect, five-star Google review, Scalina Real Estate can help with all your
2: real estate needs. We also have an extensive network of the best industry professionals
3: and trades right across the country. There's no reason to not get in touch. Head over to scalinarealestate.com to find out more. Okay, Marcy, first question. One book, and I think you brought your own. I brought a book. (laughs) I
1: brought a book. This isn't going to be the book I recommend, but this
3: is yours. you've recently (laughs) read uh, that you'd recommend.
1: Yeah, so I just read the Palace Papers over Christmas. Tina Brown, ex-editor uh, of Vanity Fair, I kind of went down the rabbit hole of the Meghan and Harry. Oh, uh, crap! And so I'm then like I had almost her- on the
3: cusp of that weirdly.
1: Yeah, it's it's a very deep hole. So Palace Papers, fascinating stuff. She what does it cover?
3: Does it cover literally just the last like couple of years? All the
1: players? No, the last ten years, fifteen years. She talks about the whole Diana thing. She. It's fascinating stuff. I was very boring for a couple of days over Christmas because yeah. I couldn't put that book down.
3: I heard William hit Harry and it just uh, sent me into it
1: I know, right? <laughs> yeah. I just still, still think of those two boys on the, like the funeral the, yeah. walking down, you know, little Harry holding Charles' hand, right? So, yeah. Anyway, that was a good one. I'm rereading Atomic Habits right now, which... Adam favorite. Gets one, a lot yeah. of
2: activity on a, on this show, but yeah, um, that's a it's great good, it's one. It's a good one. It's a it's one that I feel like you could read a couple times and and always take more away from it.
1: Exactly. And then I brought you something called the boy, the mole, the fox, the horse, and the fox, or the fox and the horse I always mix up. Do you know it? No. Oh. All right, then it's in what, your Oh, it's, it's in, it's in the br- bag. I you brought did, you yeah, a little it should, pezzy. I don't even know
3: if Adam knows. No, Mercy brought.
1: Yeah, Uh, it's a, it's a, yeah, it's one, it's some, it's, you know, you have things that you just give to people. I buy them in bulk. Right. So I, I buy them by five or 10 and I give those books to people. You can tell me after. Yeah.
2: Fantastic. Question number two in the last few years, what new belief behavior or habit has most improved your life?
1: I would say my Peloton tread. Mm-hmm.
2: Okay, wait, the tread.
1: The tread. So the tre- I, no, that's a
2: so treadmill, bike. not a bike. No bike. Oh, no. the treadmill, right? Treadmill. That makes sense. You don't I yeah. have the bike.
1: Yeah, no, I have the treadmill. Pre-COVID, I was an or- orange theory junkie. Right. Would, would, yeah, that, yeah. Very similar. <laughs> Never heard of it. <laughs> um, my daughter and I, it was the and then of course COVID killed all that, and my Peloton tread is solved that problem in my basement.
2: And and so are you? So you're watching on screen? Is it? Yeah. Is there like an instructor on a yeah, treadmill in a I have room? A, I or? have
1: my favorite. I actually feel like I know him. I might be a bit of a psycho stalker if I ever <laughs> saw him because I kind of have a couple favorites. You go also compete against people, so like the orange theory. And then I have bought the band so I can see my heart rate if I'm and in the you zone. Would, you would love this. this I, yeah, the, the, it's the, very
2: cool.
3: the competition part. Or Although no?
2: I I think that's the thing is like this is the thing about Peloton. For me, is that I go way harder because I I get in these mm-hmm. competitions with these guys who are live, oh, and oh, that yeah. are going that so, are live at the same time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I always get like at least That's a 10, 20 percent better workout. Of yeah.
1: Totally, yeah. You know, so who I you can do who's here right now, and you can compete against yourself. So if I did a class six months ago. And I go in waves, right, through the summer.
2: You so
1: then you can go back and redo the class yeah. and beat your output from last time. Yesterday morning, it was this woman in Tulsa. You and know, you her and I against, are just randomly, yeah. and we yeah. happened to randomly start at the but same Rand, time. But, man, do you hate her? <laughs> oh, and she, in the end, I think she had about a minute on me at the end. To, and so she beat my output by, because she had 60 more seconds. Yeah. And I was so angry. <laughs> <laughs> it you know i yeah. had
2: one of those one time and the guy left in the last 5 minutes of the race and his output just stopped and i was it, it
1: <laughs> uh, i was so upset about yeah. it
2: yeah cuz it was like it was a, a, for a 45 minute yeah. race yeah.
3: right does is this just like on the bike you go. i'm my assumption mm-hmm. is you go you go faster, you go slower. You're mm-hmm. going up a hill. How hard? It but is, yeah, right? so the but the running is it like sprints and so intervals? So I actually or?
1: mostly walk, but there are high intensity runs. But the other really cool thing is there's tread boot camp. So I, on Saturday I, or Sunday, I did a 60 minute boot camp, which was like 15 minutes running. You get off. You're doing a bunch of weights with the thing still going. Oh, wow. Then you hop back on for 15 more minutes. And then there's stretching, there's yoga, there's meditation on there. Like it's crazy how much stuff you can do on there.
2: Do it in your
3: weighted vest, Matt.
2: Uh, you could. Quick. Then you'd be really borderline.
1: <laughs>
3: <laughs> what have you been binge watching apart from, I guess, the oh, Peloton instructor? What yeah. have you been binge watching lately or favorite movie?
1: Okay. So I just blew through Madoff.
3: Oh, everybody's talking about that. One person said it's so dark, you almost don't want to watch it.
1: Yeah. I just then I couldn't stop. Yeah. And I actually, I watched the first one and I was saying to my husband, you're going to like this. But then it's NFL playoffs, right, right, right. whatever that is. So I couldn't wait for him. He was going to take too long. So that one and then the White Lotus.
3: Oh, season two. So I just finished. It's it's
1: a bit too much for me sometimes. I need to go back and watch a Hallmark movie every now and then because (laughs) it's a lot. But it's very good. Yeah.
2: Question four. Favorite band or music genre?
1: Mm, You know what? I like all music. My Peloton guy is all 80s. That's my high school years. So that comes back. And then I'm a country music closet, especially driving. (laughs) We have a place in the interior. I have a great um, Kenny Rogers story that involved a cop and a dog and no speeding ticket. So (laughs) the gambler. But Kenny wasn't there. Kenny was not there, (laughs) but the gambler was playing. Yeah.
3: For when we have you back. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Last question for you, Marcy, something you have purchased for under Mm $1,500 that has transformed your life in the last few years. Well,
1: so the Peloton was more than that, I think. I would say my COVID dog, which transformed in a lot of ways. She's amazing. We have two dogs, um, but you know what? In the darkest days of COVID, I brought her home, not fully authorized. I'll say that. (laughs) Uh, We stayed married, but yeah, she's, she's part golden retriever and part a whole bunch of other God knows what. And she's amazing. And she keeps us all. It's hard to be cranky when you have a 70-pound happy,
2: yeah, yeah, bouncy tail thing going. around you
1: all day long. So,
3: yeah, We haven't had dog yet. That's, no. Uh,
2: that's a first. Yeah.
1: Many firsts today.
3: Ask Marcy. Uh, <laughs> speaking of which, Marcy, how can people find out more about reverse mortgages but all their yeah. mortgage needs?
1: Yeah, so ask Marcy with no E, no Y, M-A-R-C-I. That's my main website. And then ask about reverse mortgages. If specifically reverse mortgages, there's a bunch of tabs there. A lot of the things we talked about, different um, scenarios. And I'm in North Van, so Google me. I'm on Instagram, Facebook. I'm pretty easy to find.
2: <laughs> awesome. Well, thank you so much for taking the time today.
1: No problem. That was fun.
3: So there you have it, folks. Our discussion with Marcy Dean, reverse mortgage specialist and also mortgage broker who can help with all your financing needs over at Mortgage Architects.
2: Yeah, Matt, really enjoyed that conversation with Marcy. Uh, What a treat having her in the
3: studio. And she came bearing gifts. You know what? She came bearing knowledge. Yes. And she came bearing gifts. Uh, Notably, cuticle oil. Right. Which is something I'd never heard of you never even heard of cuticle. Yeah. Now we're both
2: (laughs) just walking around with beautiful nails. Beautiful uh,
3: nails. And I realized I had a cuticle problem. That's that's, that's when you know something's really useful. You didn't even know you had an issue. And I found out I had an issue and it's now solved. I wonder if that's something
2: though, if you get dependent on cuticle oil. Yeah. uh, It's like lap
3: chip or chip. Chip what? (laughs) What chap, you Lip chap. About? Lip Lip chap. chap. <laughs> oh, that was having a stroke. Yeah. Uh, anyways, what else do we got for the day? <laughs> what else do we have for the day? Uh, first off, somebody's probably heard those, the stats you gave at the start. And I just want to reiterate, those went out about a week ago on, you Instagram. were doing some digging. You did, you put that out on Instagram. We're putting out tons of great content. So if you're not there yet, it's at Podcast.com. We also nope, have
2: not the, not.com on Instagram. Oh, sorry. It's at Vancouver Real Estate Podcast. Exactly.
3: We also have our new website, live, Vancouver Real The feedback so far it's a great user friendly experience. Really easy to re- delve into each episode. You can isolate if you're looking for just investing advice, commercial real estate advice. It's a really user friendly site. We have the live wire over there. We have things like, well, Private client services. Yeah, Matt. And if you are not using PCS, you are standing still while
2: the rest of us power walk by. You get sold prices, days on market. You basically get realtor-level information for free. It's available at your fingertips over at com. I also want to say we've got more shirts coming. A lot of people right. are reaching out about this right. shirt. We got the Live at Kokomo Studios shirt, which was a very popular, I think our most popular uh, shirt. Now,
3: you've, you've also, we should say you're the man behind the design. I, I put a lot of effort into we've, that design. We've, we've had a lot of positive feedback and you have a new design. I have a new design. Are you design. Unva- I'm not, unveiling
2: it? No, I'm not. I'm oh, not, okay. not. I'm saving that, but we've got it coming out. So this is in <laughs> burgundy, uh, maroon, maroon or right. burgundy. I said, I said to somebody, do you like maroon? And they were like, maroon five? And I was like, no. <laughs> no, 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 I'm not talking to you about maroon five. Uh but so maybe we should stick with burgundy. <laughs> nobody maybe, nobody maybe. says maroon anymore. Or maybe, Anyways, that's maybe. the that's the that's the way they describe the shirt. Or wow. maybe
3: provide context if you yeah. walk up to somebody and say, "Hey, do you like maroon?" <laughs> <laughs> we were talking
2: about the shirts, like as if I was copying a maroon five logo. Anyways, regardless,
3: <laughs> they're coming. They're coming. We'll they're have burgundy. Ways to get, uh, get them, <laughs> and then we've got a
2: new design. We're going to unveil. I'm telling you, this is the best design yet. You are. Yeah, I I got to agree. This one is, it's very clever. Very cool. Fine. Follow us on Instagram at Vancouver Real Estate Podcast, where you can figure out how to get your own shirt. And uh, we're going to be giving these things
3: away. Yeah. Um, or sign up at Vancouver VancouverRealEstatePodcast.com to the live wire or private client services. Either way. If you want to talk about that, shirts, real estate, anything else, you can try me at any time. 778-847-2854. Or Matt at Vancouver Real Estate Or you can try me
2: at 778 866 4574 or Adam at Vancouver Real Estate We also got that Kokomo line info at Vancouver Real Estate Podcast.com. Well, have a great week, guys, and we're back next week with another great episode.
3: Enjoy. Take care. Two
2: thousand faces for radio. Subscribe today.